Welcome to the Sports and Torts podcast and its presentation of college football's last call. This podcast is powered by the J. Stein Law Firm, a personal injury law firm in Atlanta, Georgia. And now, the boys bring you their thoughts on this week in college football. Josh Stein here, Jason Gans here, Lawrence Kessler here, back for another episode of College Football's Last Call, brought to you by Sports and Torts, and as always, powered by the Jason Law Firm. Guys, we're back. What do you think? Hey, good evening. Good evening. Happy to be back again. Let's see what we got had, for week two here. Had so much fun in week one, had some good feedback from everybody, so, you know. It's a Monday night. What else are we going to do but sit around and talk about this stuff? We've been texting about it all day. So might as well say, let's run it back. Run it back. So, Gans, let's start with you, buddy. We uh, we talked about you headed out to Napa last weekend. Yep. You're back, smiling in one piece. Give us the yeah, quick great overview. Time, great time of year to go. It was unseasonably warm. But, you know, we tend to go this week every year. Um, and it was funny. Last year, we were out there right after the Clemson victory. And I was asking everybody out there if they Brock Bowers. I got a lot of empty stairs. Well, this year it was quite different as I was wearing my Georgia hat or maybe I had a Georgia pullover on. I had uh, at least six or eight people come up to me and talk about how they're all best friends with Brock Bowers family. Everyone, every single person in the state of California is claiming Brock Bowers at this point. So it was uh, quite the time. How many people asked or how many people told you that they're the ones that told him he needed to go to Georgia? Because when we were there in January, I must have heard from a dozen people that said, if it weren't, I played football with him in high school, and if it weren't for me, he wouldn't have gone. Yeah, his to high school football team must have had like 175 people on it because very similar. But, uh, yeah. That's that's so funny because me and Lawrence were there the week after the national championship, and we had the same experience. Now, we brought it up a lot too, but just wearing Georgia gear, like Lawrence said, I think our, our waiter one night, we ran to somebody else at, at dinner. Everybody's Everybody. boys are brought But they weren't this time, you know, 52 weeks ago, just for the record. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, did you get to watch George game out there? We, you know, three hours earlier, I was with uh, one of our friends. I guess we should, should get this out of the way and congratulate uh, Garrett and Jenny Nail on their uh, uh, their nuptials out in California this week. So, uh Congratulations, yeah, so, guys. You know, obviously three hours earlier, we did get to see a little bit of the Texas-Alabama uh, game. Uh, we watched a little bit of the dogs on our phone. We were sitting in a field drinking wine and watching the dogs. So um, so I got to see a little bit, and I have watched the full game, or at least the, the first half uh, since I've been back. The beauty of the, the week two cupcake kind of opponent is you don't have to feel That's compelled right. to watch the whole thing. You can do the rewatch. How about you, Lawrence? I spent the weekend um, at the soccer fields. Uh, Sam's team went one and one. First game was at noonday. I was watching the Georgia game from my phone uh, a little bit in the first half and then had to catch up on it after we got home, watch it on tape delay. Uh, and then Sunday we went out to Lawrenceville for another soccer game, uh, you know, pretty action packed. Um, but, yeah, it was uh, the, the Georgia game we'll get into in a little bit. But, uh, you know, took care of business. Nothing super exciting. You know, the cupcake is what it is. Did you see Josh? Yeah. Yeah, my, my Georgia game viewing was also um, a little complicated. Uh, as y'all know, my son Graham broke his arm in a football game on Saturday afternoon. So I watched the game from Scottish Rite while he was uh, <laughs> being tended to. Um, it, it was, you know, he, he went for a tackle. He was playing, um, they call it like the lion position, which is like a hybrid linebacker, cornerback, and he went for the tackle. And let's just 
that he didn't make he didn't make the tackle, ended up falling to the ground, landing on his arm. Uh, coaches called me out. You know, I'm like, nah, he's fine. Get, get up. And then they're like, no, 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 no dude. Poor, poor guy. But sure, sure enough, his arm was not looking as it was supposed to look. Two broken bones later Oof. in a cast but, now. So, Well, he's probably getting some attention from the girls in sixth grade now uh, wanting to sign that red and black cast he's got rocking. He for sure is. Um, he came home today and his cast was completely tatted up with all the, the signatures. And <laughs> He went to football practice tonight, too, just kind of like hang out and watch. And the coaches let him, you know, kind of call some of the plays. Yeah. I'm using the air quotes. Um, so he, he's actually feeling pretty good about everything. <laughs> I mean, he's bummed about his arm, but, you know, he's kind of proud of it, too. Hey, man, you got to make the best of a, of a bad situation. So as long as he stays involved and goes to practices, hangs out with the coaches, he'll probably learn a ton just by watching and sitting on the sidelines for the rest of the season. It's a rite of passage, you know. All right, well, anyway, let's talk a bit about the Georgia game. Probably not too much to discuss. Um, I don't know, who are, what do you all want to go first in terms of your takeaways? Go for it. Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, it was as boring as boring games get for us. It was pure domination. I don't think Samford got into Georgia territory until late in the fourth quarter. Um, what, what I find to be amazing is that the, the comments between our chat group, our text group, were Stetson's off his game today. He doesn't look like a Heisman contender. Uh, but when you go look at the stats, he threw for 300 yards in the first half. Uh, the standard at Georgia has changed significantly. Uh, in the past couple of years. Well, you know, it's funny, Larry. Actually, he did. I don't think it was 300 in the first half. I think they put him back in to get him that 300 in the second half because he finished on the nose with 300. And they pulled him mm-hmm. right away. So if you don't think that they had somebody looking at the stats there to keep the stat man, the mailman, you know, in, in, in Heisman talk, I, of course, it's early in the season. Uh, uh, I, I would say you'd be mistaken. So is this back-to-back 300-yard passing game start the season? Four last five. So that, that, that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was, it was was what you kind of expect in the first half, although I think the red zone offense leaves a lot to be desired. I think that that's going to be a big talking point this week with Kirby. I think that this is one of those games where there was a lot of tape that he can now use in, in, in the uh, meeting rooms to show them some stuff to do. I tell you who jumped out to me was Dylan, um, Dylan Bell. I, I, he, he, to me, he was the one that I had not really seen much of before um, that made some plays. He was open a few times where, where Stetson missed him, but he's the name that, that uh, you know, Mitchell went down right away. And so you saw a whole, a whole host of receivers come in, but he jumped out to me. Uh, Dylan, Dylan Bell's got a little bit of wiggle in him. Uh, he looked to be looked very quick, makes some good moves. I also think Kendall Milton looks looks pretty good out there. He's not um, he's not like the slasher type running back that you know we've seen with Sony Michelle. He reminds me a little bit more of like a Nick Chubb, maybe a slightly smaller version of Derrick Henry, just in stature. Um, but he, he, I think he runs upright. He runs big. I think you know he's actually impressed me the first two weeks of the season, um, and so I like the way that he played. And then. Uh, the other item of note is the Dodgers reported their first sack of the season with Michael Williams, the true freshman out of Columbus, um, got his first career sack, first sack of the season for Georgia, which I, that is another piece that's concerning for me a little bit. I don't know if it's game plan or not. These first two games, like first game trying to keep Bonex in the pocket, second game maybe not trying to show too much against Sanford, uh, but a little bit lack of a lacking a pass rush right now. Um, hopefully, we'll see a little bit different story when we get to Columbia on Saturday. Yeah, it doesn't look like they're scheming anything up. But, uh, yeah, Kendall Milton, uh, he just needs to break one, you know. He, I think he was 10 of 85, 10, 10 carries for 85 yards. So, I mean, that's great. But he just needs to bust one. He hasn't had that yet. He's a junior. 
playing behind some guys has always been dinged up. So, look, I mean, you know, you play the the Thunder role. I think we talked about it last time, but the Thunder role to kind of Kenny McIntosh's life. But, I mean, we've talked about this a few times. How awesome is Kenny McIntosh? He's great. I love, I love watching yeah. him play. Yeah, it's, it's, funny, it's funny that you mentioned that that stat line, 10 for 80-something yards. That jumped out to me again. We mentioned this last week, the the kind of low carries, and 10 was, again, that, yeah. the highest number. And, you know, Gans, you said last year on the podcast about someone like Nick Chubb getting to the NFL and having not the, the, the wear and tear right. on his body that some of these other running backs do. And we're seeing that again, is that these guys don't, don't have these massive amount of carries and workload in their bodies. And it's a, it's a great sell, selling tool in, in recruiting. Yeah. I mean, I think you can also uh, carry that over to the wide receivers too. Look at the number of wide receivers that, or the number of players that caught passes. You know what it was? I looked it up. Yeah. Fif- was it 15? 15. Yeah. 15 I mean, everybody caught Don Blaylock back in the mix. Did uh, I didn't check. Did Eric Gilbert, I saw him on the field, but did he catch a pass or is he still over? I think he's still pitching a shutout so far. So what what is what is his story? I mean, he, he looks the part, obviously. I think the problem, happening. where are you going to put him, right? I mean, you, you don't want to pull Brock Bowers out, right, because he's Brock Bowers, right? You, Darnell Washington's 6'8", 275, right? So he's not going to take that role. So, you know, where do you put him, right? He's got to get somebody else's his, somebody else's touch or somebody else's reps, and, and I think that's probably the biggest problem. Hopefully we don't need the depth as the season goes on, but, you know, I also heard something Todd Munkin said that um, uh, Brock Bowers is his best slot receiver. The guy's a beast. I mean, he's just a beast. He, he's, I think he's a generational <laughs> talent that we're seeing um, in tight end for Georgia. So all of us predicted scores in the high 40s, low 50s. The line was right there. We didn't get there. Um, Thirty-three, of course. Do you see? Do you take any anything about maybe Kirby taking the, the gas a little bit against yeah. Hatcher? We, they didn't there. play a full game. They, they played. They played a twelve-minute fourth quarter, which was agreed upon by the coaches going in. So, you know, right. I don't think. I think Kirby. I mean, to me, the biggest win out of the weekend was we left there pretty much one hundred percent healthy. Uh, Ad Mitchell got a little dinged up, but had it been a, another game, they said he would have been. Yeah, come back. nothing sexy. Thirty-three, nothing. People look at that like, all right, Georgia. Who, you know, somebody in in Chicago wouldn't pay attention. Georgia did what they had to do. They pitched a shutout. They probably took their foot off the gas. Move on, right? I'd rather be us than be Alabama, for instance. Well, let's talk about that game. I mean, all, all you know, we we gave Lawrence some hell last week about um, you know his thoughts how the game was going to go. I don't think anybody saw it going the direction it ended up going, which Texas very well could have and should have won. Um, I watched about the entire second half of that game because that's right when we got to the hospital. Um, and the doctors were super cool. They're, they, they're obviously knew Graham was in a, in this, he was in pads. And so they're like, put the game on, relax. So I watched a lot of that game. Texas looked really good. So Texas got a little bit of a taste of what it's going to be like to join the SEC, where not only you have to beat Bama, but you got to beat the well, officials yeah. too. I think I think if Quinn Ewers plays the whole game, and even then, even it was Hudson Card was their backup, he was dinged up. He couldn't get much on his throws. Like Bama's lucky as hell to get out of that game. Well, talk them. about them for a second. I mean, it's not your normal Alabama team. They're, they're kind of little cutesy. They're not hard-nosed. They're not nearly as physically tough as Georgia right now. They look more like a, a finesse team. They're a different Alabama team. It's almost like it's Bryce Young, Will Anderson, and yeah. that's it. That's what I was, exactly what I was going to say. Is in the, the fourth quarter, Bryce Young did what he did in that last drive. Um, without him, obviously, they don't they don't make that win. Um, and he that, that play that he escaped from the safety blitz that came in or the cornerback blitz, you see that? 
Um, but of course, what Sean sent us that screenshot of the hold that was on uh, <laughs> the guys. And then Will Anderson had that sack on third down, pushed Texas way back. They ended up making the field goal, but it made it a 50 yard as opposed to maybe getting a first down and a touchdown. So I agree with you, Lawrence. Like those two guys are the best in the country. And then maybe Bama lacks some depth. Do you know what, do you know where Jermaine Burton would currently rank? with his statistics on the Georgia football team right now. He's got, I think, four catches for 85 yards. Two touchdowns. Uh, he'd be he'd be eighth on the Georgia receiving list right now. He's currently the fourth leading receiver good. for Alabama. You know what? Good. Yeah, good. I did. Good. You know, I mean, that's the other thing, right? Look back. Where would he be, right? I, I liked him. I thought he was a good player. He obviously had a rapport with JT Daniels, RIP. Uh, but where would he be? Who would he be taking reps away from? Be taking them away from A.D. Mitchell? I don't think so. Would you be taking away from Lad McConkey? No. They kind of be played X, Y, I believe played all three receiver positions. So who's he going to play over? So later. We, we speculated that he left to get those touches and get those big numbers for first-round pick. Maybe he left because he didn't have a spot. I, I, definitely, Georgia. I definitely thought. I was like, dude, this guy's going to go to Bama, and he's going to be the next Jameis you know, Williams. And, and he just – because he's – look, he is a good player. He obviously has some, like, head issues. The guy went to four high schools in four years. In fact, he's probably getting way too much airtime on this thing. But nonetheless, like, look, maybe the grass isn't always greener. Maybe the dogs are the dirty, filthy, nasty, you know, slobber knockers again this year. They sure look like it right now. Nobody else does. So what does the rest of the year look like for Texas then? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, eight and four, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, you know, it's, you're, I can't wait to – I don't know. You know, you, they play Oklahoma in a couple of weeks. Oklahoma's undefeated. We'll see what happens there. Quinn Ewers is out. Quinn Ewers is out for, I think, four to six weeks with that injury when uh, – was it Dallas Turner, I think, drove him into the ground – uh, all the Texas fans were calling back flashbacks to the Colt McCoy uh, 2009 Natty. Yep. Um, listen, I think Texas is a good team. They had the home crowd fired up. This was their Super Bowl. They're probably going to slip up, uh, you know, somewhere else along the way. I think probably three to four losses is right. And then, you know, Ewers will be back next year. They'll have Arch Manning on campus, and uh, and then that'll you know position them to come into the SEC the year after that. Um, but you know, listen, it was fun. It's always good to see. I like to see Alabama struggle. Um, you know, they're one of four teams that I like to see lose every week, if the, if possible. Um, two of the others lost, and uh, and Ohio State I think had a cupcake. So Florida um, overrated, man. Uh, Florida overrated, losing in the swamp. AR fifteen is you know he was the media darling after week one. I don't think he's a very good quarterback. Um, and then Notre Dame losing to Marshall uh, also made well, me smile ex- a little bit. Expand on that, was- though, right? Notre Dame lost to Marshall after they played a close 21-10 game against Ohio State. The media, you know, you kind of touched on it. So what does that say about Ohio State, right? I mean, I know the you know, kind of whataboutisms, but you got to take a look at that this early in the season, right? Oh, yeah, I think so. I mean, listen, I, you know, there is the emotional letdown after week one in a big game um, for Notre Dame, thinking that they have a cupcake like Marshall. Um, they probably think they can come in and walk over them. Uh, it didn't happen. I think that's Marshall's first win over ranked opponents since like two years after their plane crash. Like it's some ridiculous number that that that, that has happened. Um, but yeah, so it makes the Ohio State's win look terrible. Uh, it makes the Marcus Freeman hire look questionable. Um, so not 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 a lot of good stuff happening in well, South Bend. To me, the whole weekend was fun with with that number of upsets and who it involved. We don't get that all the time in college football with these non-conference games, but it just like went after the next. I mean, the Mets, what happened to the Mets just got I taken did, down, you know, in true I did, Mets fashion. I love when um, – uh, making me look good there. 
Uh, yeah, I, I was so happy to see that. It is so predictable. I mean, what an awful day to be an Aggie. A, you just lost to App State. B, you thought Texas, you know, Texas ended up, I guess, losing as well. So that doesn't make you happy. But I mean, Jimbo Fisher, the, the, the Aggie's just so predictable. Go spend, what was the thing we saw? They spent $30 million on players and a million and a half to bring App State there to lose. <laughs> Sean said that uh, that App State had an NIL deal for a million and a half bucks to come into to College Station. There was also another funny clip that came out today of like a pep rally the night before where these A&M students, I may have been student-athletes, I don't know, but they were making these just terrible, corny jokes, ripping the the, the Mountaineers of Appalachian State. Uh, such a bad look, dude. It, it was a comedy of errors for what's going on in College Station. And I guess that poses a question, like, you know, is Jimbo on the hot seat? Because I would have to I think. I saw his record through 50 games is very, very similar to Kevin Sumlin's. I should have it in front of me. And I, yeah, it was 35-14, 36, and, or 35-15, 36 think it out of his damn yeah. way. Hey, don't forget the shout-out to Georgia Southern. we got to talk about it in our backyard. G-A-T-A. Getting their coach fired. Ridiculous. Did you see – so I read – I'm sure you guys probably saw the same thing. His So after last season when Scott Frost sucked and they wanted to fire him, they renegotiated his salary, right? So he took like a million-dollar pay cut. But then they also lowered his buyout from $15 million to 7.5 on October 1st. And they still tossed them out before October first. Yeah, eight, they basically said eighteen days. Eighteen days was worth seven point yeah, five yeah. million dollars. That's it. They fired the um, booster. Just said, "All right, the goddamn check." <laughs> they are not. They are not lacking for money in Nebraska. They want to get back to being to relevancy. You know, looking back, everyone thought Scott Frost, the hire, was going to be a yeah. home run, right? Alumni coming home, coming off his twenty seventeen national championship yeah. at UCF. Um, it couldn't have been a better hire. They were so fired up and. You know, we have a close friend here in the in the neighborhood who's a big Nebraska fan. He's like, give him time, give him time. He's got to build a program. Needless to say, I was watching highlights on Saturday, and eight, I think Adrian Martinez, the fifth, who's played in Nebraska for 100 years, has stood up for, I think, was it Kansas State? And he was going off. Um, so, you know, I think it was time for them to make a move. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who's on their 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 hot list uh, hot for But why players. not wait till October 1st? <laughs> it's like, you're not hiring someone tomorrow. I mean, so I, I asked I asked our friend Nate that today, and he said that there's nine games left in the season. They didn't even salvage it, and they weren't willing to wait three more weeks when they had the cash available. I'm like, okay, sure, whatever. Name my money. Yeah. I don't care. Before before we move on from this stuff, I want to do one more thing about Florida because I saw a great statistic today um, that just makes me smile. So since the Georgia Florida game in 2020, okay, Georgia's record since then is 20 and one. Of course with the national championship during that same stretch, Florida's record is 11 and 11. Another good one in the last five games, Anthony Richardson has more pick sixes than he has touchdown passes. I didn't think he looked great last year. I thought it was between him and uh, I forget the guy's name. Who's from Georgia. Yeah. Like it was a pillow fight between the two of them. I said this before the season, maybe I'm wrong, but Anthony Richardson was my uh, Sam Howell of this year. Guy got a ton of hype. He's going to be a top 10 pick. I'm like, I just don't see it. You know, and maybe I'm right on that. He's, and he's a, he's a big body. He kind of looks the part. He throws yeah. the crap out of it. There was three or four passes that he hit the guys where they needed to be hit, but he just threw it so hard. It was like the wrong pass to throw. They just bounce off him. He kind of reminds me of um, watching Dak Prescott at Mississippi State. I mean, the same number, similar body type. Maybe he's just extremely 
raw and hasn't had good coaching. I don't know, but he ain't he ain't working right now. They kept saying they oh he needs more game experience, more game experience. Like, I mean, he started he's he's played a ton of football. Um, I think he I think he is what he is. Yes. Yeah. So you, now you've got I mean uh, jumping around for a second. Uh, obviously, we've got to save some time to talk about the, the game the upcoming week. But you've got Tennessee, uh, Florida, not this weekend, but the weekend after, right? And it's the past like decade. It's been great to see kind of those two. Speak. Let's use the phrase again, but pillow fight each other. Um, you know, what do you, what do you like there, Larry? Um, so Tennessee pulled out a squeaker in the uh, Johnny Majors Bowl, winning in overtime over Pitt. I believe they knocked out Slovis. You know, Tennessee, uh, listen, I, I think they, they got that high powered offense. I think Tennessee beats Florida. Is the game in I'm Knoxville? Not sure this year? Prep for next week yet. <laughs> uh, but I still, I think I like Tennessee. I think Florida, as I mentioned last week, I think they're overrated. I think they. I think Utah lost that game last week as opposed to Florida winning. And I think everybody loves, you know, the media loves to make Florida the darling. They wanted to get behind AR 15. Um, and I hope they lose about six more games this year. Yeah. I was glad to see Tennessee beat Pitt. Uh, that overtime was pretty fun to watch as well. Um, so good for Tennessee. I, I also think they're going to be able to handle Florida, but we'll find out. Um, Spencer Rattler, did y'all watch him this weekend? We can kind of segue to a preview with the, the Georgia South Carolina game. He put up some big numbers. I mean, it, was it an Aaron Murray type thing? We always love to call it what the I, empty calories. Yeah, I picked up the stats. <laughs> that one receiver, Antoine, um, I'm forgetting his last name. He had a big game, and uh, and Spencer Rattler had a big game. But yeah, I think he's good against throwing again. I watched uh, zero of the Arkansas South Carolina game last week. I was checking the score. Arkansas, I think, was pretty was winning pretty handily. I think South Carolina made a, a brief run to get it to single digits, and then Arkansas won by what fourteen. Um, you know the pit boss. The pit boss has it going yeah. in Arkansas. He, he's listed right. as a candidate for the Nebraska job. Um, he's doing a good job. I don't think Arkansas. he'll take it. I don't. I think. I think he'd be happy to stay in uh, Fayetteville for the rest of his career, and uh, they love him there. You, you could argue the second best team in the West right now. I, I think I would argue. There's. So, I mean, you know, you got stability in the SEC. You're right there. I don't know why you go to Nebraska and start chasing whatever conference yeah, they end up in. I can't wait though, to watch things get worse for AM as the season progresses. Like they do have a pretty <laughs> tough schedule, and uh, you know Jimbo is just such a clown. I don't get the love for him. I've talked to people there; they really like him. I don't see it. I like, maybe I'm missing something. I don't understand what they like about the guy. Uh, he's another, I think, mediocre coach. Good recruiter who won a national championship when he had the best quarterback in football. Yeah, year. and a pretty good That's team right. around him too. Gans, do we see you in Columbia for the new you know, kickoff I'm this weekend? My streak of 12, eighteen years of not going back there. Um, and yeah, we're done. No, to answer your question, I will not be there. To the extent um, the game is going to need some external factors, the no- the noon start game does help us, right? It keeps the keeps the that stupid or whatever they do uh, uh, not as loud. See, I don't, I don't like the early start because I think the team, I think teams come out sluggish, uh, especially on. The- I like it because I think it's a business trip. I think that's how Kirby sells it to them. I, I feel really, really good about this game unless we put number eleven, uh, Jake Fromm behind center. I feel really. Or Quincy Carter. Carter. He's another one who likes to throw a lot of picks against Cox. So Arkansas ran all over yeah. South Carolina. Close to 300 yards worth of, of, of offense on the ground. So maybe we see a similar game plan with Oregon, get the ball in space to our running backs, quick hits, or maybe we just go more traditional and hand it off and just beat them up front. I think we're going to be able to do it. I agree. I think it's you're going to try to run the ball to open up the pass. 
and and it will. So what are you going to do, right? You're going to – because your run game has been so bad, we're going to try to run it. You're going to put eight in the box and then let Brock or, or Ladd run crazy on you and, and, and go for 170 yards. So I, I think it's an embarrassment of riches. I don't think that they've got the defense to hang. I mean, maybe they stay with us for a quarter, but barring, again, a, a Jake Fromm performance from a couple of years ago or Quincy Carter performance from 2000, I think we cover the spread. 26? I defer to uh, Larry over there typically. Uh, the last I saw was 24 and a half. I think it may have opened at 26 and then was this went down to 24 and a half. But um, I don't know. That's a, it's a big number. It's a big yeah. number. So what, what do you think? I mean, yeah, I, I love making predictions on these I scores. I think what do that, think? Uh, you know, while Kirby didn't want to run the score up against Chris Hatcher, I don't think Kirby's going to have any problem putting his foot on the gas this week. And I don't know. I, I, if we don't score 45, I'll be shocked. Of course, I said that last week. Uh, so if we don't score 45, I'll be shocked. I don't see them. Uh, what do you, you guys have seen this defense over like three points through two games. I don't know. And mm-hmm. points? 17 points maybe? I, I don't know. That's what I said last, you know. So I, I don't think, yeah, I have 45-10, I'll call it. Yeah, I'm right, with it, right there with you. I was thinking about this today. I mean, our defense has been lights out with a bunch of no names, right? So we got these young kids coming in, stepping up, trying to make make the name for themselves. I'm thinking 42-10. Um, I think we just I think we just dominate them. I, I, the number doesn't scare me. It is a big number though, uh, but I think the dogs cover. I was in the 30, high 30s, 37 is kind of where I landed, um, and I'm going to go to 37 to seven. I don't I don't see them getting double digits again, just like last week. I, I think Kirby is just on a mission to show that regardless of the personnel, regardless of the players, the way he coaches, the way he recruits, the way he schemes, he's not going to allow double-digit points. How many, court, period. Well, how about a tie break on the dogs here? How many turnovers does Spencer Rattler have on Saturday? I'm going to say, I'm going to say three. Yeah, I mean, that's the number, right? I mean, that, that's what I was going to say, too. I mean, I see him throwing two picks. Yeah. I see, you know, some fumble along fumble the way. all three times on Saturday. They recovered two of them, but he did. Something's funky here, guys. We're all on the same page here. I was going to say two picks and a fumble. <laughs> Speaking of defensive players causing mayhem, did y'all see Trayvon Walker's performance yeah. over the weekend? Yeah. Holy yeah. smokes. I mean, the sack, that interception going like crazy. He forced a fumble. I mean, that dude's going to be a problem in the NFL. I think early early results are the Jaguars made the correct pick with number 44. Uh, I don't think Aiden Hutchinson did much in Detroit yesterday. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> Trayvon Walker just I mean, he is a freak. And then I got a I got a text with uh, Crowder's t- a tackle on D, D. Henry. Did y'all yeah. see that one? D- Knock this head off. Dogs in the NFL, man. Love it. Uh, college game day, we have this on here too, going to App State to just, you know, throw even more shade the yeah. Mets way. Uh, I guess college game day would have gone to Texas A&M, right? That's the only other game on the, on the board that would yeah, have been. A&M Miami it was where it was originally slated to be, and then now it's going to be in Boone, uh, Boone North Carolina. Uh, for App State versus Troy. So, man, hits just keep on coming for Jimbo. Lawrence, I feel like Boone, North Carolina, is a place you spend a lot of time with work. Is that true or am I mad? I have actually never been to Boone, but it's funny you say that. We actually have a client, Boone Regional, or sorry, Appalachian Regional in Boone is a client of ours. Um, and so I will be going to the Appalachian State, Georgia State game in a couple weeks. Uh, I think October, middle of October. They have a Wednesday night tilt. Tuesday night um, game. Sun Belt action. Wednesday night tilt. Uh, it'll be the first college football game I've ever attended on a Wednesday night. Uh, I'm pretty excited about about uh, my first trip to Boone, North Carolina. Oh, you got a line on uh, A&M uh, Miami game? By the way, I'm not 
Uh, give me a sec here. I'll find it for yeah. you. While you're, while you're looking, I will say I like being North Carolina. It's a fun town. They partied like crazy Saturday night. There were some, some videos going around. I worry about their ability to bounce back this week. You know, they had that tough game against North Carolina, emotional victory over the Mets. Now you get game day coming to your backyard. I don't know. It's kind of hard to see these, these college kids show up three games in a row. I think that line is like 12 and a half is what I saw. Against Troy, I know nothing about Troy. I know nothing about App State, but I kind of see that one way or where Troy State can come in and either win or keep it really close. I'll take, I'll take App State in the points. I know nothing but uh, about that game, but I, I, I find it funny that they beat Texas A&M. <laughs> uh, A&M is minus five and a half at home versus Miami on Saturday. Um, I like I like Troy plus the points. I think App State wins. I do think there's the hangover after a big win. Um, also heard that they had to sleep on a hotel floor because their charter broke down. So, uh, you know, they're a day late getting started with everything, uh, but it'll be fun. Uh, the, the other thing, Brad, I don't think you guys gave me my proper due on my sucker bet of the week. I was getting to that. I was getting to that because your sucker bet of the week is now 2-0. and I also gave Georgia State on our chat, and I think they covered the 7.5 um, against UNC. So, um, my my sucker bet for this week, guys. Yeah, let's hear it, Nostradamus. You ready? I'm taking the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Oh, Plus God. 16 as the lane train and the Ole Miss Rebels come to town to play in downtown Atlanta. Okay. Reason, reasons behind it? Other, other than trying to just be, you know, come up with something out of thin air, what do you got? Give, I mean, give us your breakdown. What planet do you think Georgia Tech can stop Lane Kiffin? Yeah, I don't offense? That line is a massive sucker line. I don't get it. I, but uh, I'll take the other side of that, Larry. Uh, we could we could just gamble, roll this up the whole season, and, and settle. Keep rolling it over. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Jackets this weekend. Um, they'll lose, but I think they keep it within the number. And I also like double digit home dogs. Yeah, I except love for South Carolina. I love your rationale because you're right. We see these numbers come out on the board, and you're like, "What in the world?" And, and that's what Vegas wants you to do. And then you learn your lesson. Has have you? Has has, has Georgia Tech? been on the right side of a spread in the last, like, in, in the Jeff Collins era? Uh, very good question. Well, it, had the Clemson game ended after three quarters, I think they would have covered. Yeah, we played four quarters. This isn't this is live golf, buddy. We played four quarters. <laughs> should we, uh, you know, maybe each week we should kind of pull also uh, four playoff spots as they sort of, uh, you know, evolve over the season. Go for it. Yeah, can rules as we go. Go for it. It's not going to be that good. But uh, I'll, I'll go, uh, yeah, Georgia, Alabama. Uh, Michigan and USC. So uh, my Baylor Bears lost to the BYU Cougars. Um, so I'm going to move them out of my top four for the uh, playoff picks. I'm going to go Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, and USC. Yeah, there's five options. That's it. I mean, it's it, and y'all covered all five of them. I, you know, go with go with whatever one you want. Georgia, Alabama, one, two, and then. Either or, or those other three, I think, is what we're going to be saying every week. I mean, there'll, there'll be a a kind of a chic pick that comes and goes, but I think it's, it's a five. Yeah, I mean, the only other one you could throw in is Clemson, and and they have not looked good. Uh, they're they're going to lose a couple of games. Um, so you know, for the time being, I think they're still ranked. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this season shakes out. So we're, we're hitting our 30-minute mark, but, Lawrence, there was a note here about giving the London Falcons at least 30 seconds of airtime. <laughs> the hell's wrong with these guys? Dude, the Falcons have been snatching defeat from the jaws of victory ever since the freaking Super Bowl. 
I think there was a stat that they've blown like eight or nine double digit leads in the fourth quarter in the past five seasons. It is remarkable how bad that team can screw up a potential victory. Amazing. It's impossible, actually. Yeah. Yeah. See ya. Go to London. Send them to North Korea. Send them wherever, man. I'm tired of those guys. Get your fish and chips. Get the hell out of Mercedes-Benz. Leave, leave it for the dogs to go have championships. And take Kenley Jansen with you. <laughs> that was a tough back-to-back. I mean, look, the, the Falcons, whatever. I really don't care. But but having you know Kenley come back and blow that was made for a, a tough Sunday. A couple from him. That, the oh, top of that eighth inning was one of the most exciting innings of half innings of baseball I've seen. And then for Kenley to come in and give up, uh, you know, two bombs in the bottom of the ninth, man. Uh, I know the guy leads the, the league and saves, but his last few outings have been just atrocious. He's blown three of the last seven op- seven, three of the last seven save opportunities. We're, we're, right now is Monday night. This is probably going to be released on Thursday. We've got two Braves games in between that. Let's hope we see somebody besides Jansen in those two Cheers. games closing it out. Uh, they're about to start, yeah, in San Francisco. So, need a victory. All right, boys. Well, looking forward to watching the dogs get another victory this weekend. Anything else you guys want to say before we sign off? Hey, Gans, I'm just glad you're home. You're in one piece. Uh, you know, drink a lot of water, some Gatorade, get your fluids back. And uh, let's go kick some ass in Columbia this week. Yeah, was- uh, thank you, Larry. And uh, for anyone who's going to Columbia, in- in- enjoy that godforsaken town. and Enjoy the 100-degree yeah. heat, right? All right, boys, enjoyed it. Y'all have a great, great rest of your night. Good week. Talk to y'all later. Y'all, thanks for listening. Until next time, as always, keep chopping. Peace out.